0: It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Hello, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Happy New Year. This is our New Year's weekend show. We did Christmas weekend. We're doing New Year's weekend. We love doing radio here on WABC Radio. You can catch us, by the way, back at work. I've been off all week on TV, but back at work Tuesday... Fox Business, 4 to 5 p.m. every day, name the show's Cudlow, and here you can live stream us on the radio, larrykudlowshow.com, larrykudlowshow.com, throughout the country, all around the globe, and the solar system, and all the stars in the Milky Way, and we're optimistic, keep the faith, Happy New Year, it's always great. A clean slate? Well, not exactly clean slate, but, you know, we're going to do some stock market work, stock market workings. This is going to be the most fun I've ever had because we had a roaring bull market in stocks this year. Who would have thunk it? And I'm going to read you some headlines before we get to our distinguished guests. Even though I was off this week doing some uh, research, Wall Street Journal front page. What did Wall Street get right about markets this year? Not much. (laughs) U.S. stocks end a topsy-turvy year. Near records, defying bearish predictions. And then another one, Wall Street Journal front page, how I and everyone else got 2023 so wrong. No, that was not me. It was actually Wall Street Journal columnist James McIntosh. And then he says to invest wisely in 2024, we have to decide while the economy defied expectations. Good question. The Kudlow trust did well because I'm always long the spiders and uh, related indexes. But I don't think uh, I don't think I was near close to expecting this kind of bull market. One more from Bloomberg. Let's see. Wall Street's major calls, three calls, sell U.S. stocks, buy treasuries, buy Chinese stocks, form the consensus view on Wall Street. Then came 2023. I've never seen the consensus is wrong, said Mr. Andrew Pease, the chief investment strategist at Russell Investments, which oversees around $290 billion in assets. When I look at the sell side, he said, everyone got burned. All right. Enough fun. <laughs> Let us bring in our distinguished New Year guest, Nancy Tengler, CEO and Chief Investment Officer of Laffer Tengler Investments, best-selling book, The Women's Guide to Successful Investing, and my dear friend, Jim Urio, Director of TJM Institutional Services. Kids just having fun, but I think we're all in the same boat, more or less, maybe more, maybe less. First of all, happy new year to both of you and I will begin with Jim Urio. <laughs> what, what 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 do you make of 2023? I want to get to 24, but let's talk about 23 because it was one heck of an amazing year. Let's see, the S&P was up 24%, the Nasdaq up 43%, the Dow Jones up 14%. I'm rounding up. Mr. Urio, what do you make of it?
1: Okay, well, I think when we keep it, we've got to keep it in some sort of context in that most, not most of the move, about half the move was from October, which did correspond with the Fed's pivot. Uh, well, during that time. So when we started, to, we, we still got to come to grips with the fact that the stock market wants easy money. Did I get 2023 wrong? Yeah, I'd say I got it wrong. I got some things right, though, as we argued about last time I was on with gold and Bitcoin. I do think that what I'm worried about is these longer-duration term uh, duration auctions over the last two months that have all gone very, very poorly. To me, that suggests that there's more easy money to come when the Fed has to come in and reinstate QE, which I think will happen in 2024. And that, unfortunately, is, is bullish stocks. It's, it's you know weaker dollar bullish stocks. So I do think there might be one plunge in the stock market before the Fed comes in. And says, yeah, no, we're, we're going to start easy money policies now. But I think 2024 could be fine for stocks.
0: You know, Nancy, um, I know you were taking on more risk uh, towards the back end of the year. I appreciate that. It's a good call. Um, part of this uh, lower interest rates, certainly, as Jim said, in the last couple of months but also a stronger-than-expected economy and a stronger-than-expected profits outlook, profits of the mother's milk of stocks. I still think that was a major theme in this year-end rally.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I mean, I think for context, let's remember over the last two years, the S&P is only up about 3%. And forgive my manners. Happy New Year, Jim. Happy New Year, Larry. Good to Happy be on the show. Happy New Year. <laughs> Hmm. Um, So I think, you know, I think one of the things you have to think about is we were adding risk in the fall of 2022 and then again in 23. And the reason for that is because we expect that the economy will slow. We probably all agree on that. Uh, And that means you want to own reliable growers. And in fact, the sectors that we added to were technology and growth in 20. I'm sorry, technology and consumer discretionary in 2022. And now we've rounded out with more industrials. But the market is not terribly expensive. If you look at it, Fang, it's trading at 15.3 times. If you add FANG back in, at 17.1 times. So you don't even really need multiple expansion uh, to, to generate pretty decent returns, as Jim has pointed out next year. Um, I, w- I wrote a bunch of pieces starting the summer that this market is analogous to the 1990s. And there are so many similarities. Most portfolio managers weren't alive in the 90s, let alone running money. We all were there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but what you see is, you know, you had inflation above 3% on average for the decade. You had interest rate between 5 and 7% on the 10-year. You had an inverted yield curve, a soft landing, uh, a Fed that hiked, as we all know. And uh, you also had a war and um, productivity growth due to labor shortage. And that's what I think we're, we're going to see. We're going to continue to see, you know, productivity really surprised to the upside. And I'm hoping a Fed that will take a backseat. Last thing I'll say, because I want to hear what Jim has to say, but I love this quote. I'd forgotten about it, but it was from Alan Greenspan. And oh, how I long for the days. He said, I know you think you understand what you thought I said, but I'm not <laughs> sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. Well, how about
0: the other thing you said? About the market is irrationally exuberant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know whether that plays into this or not. What was the stat you used uh, the last two years, the S&P's 3% gain?
2: Yeah, is that right? it returned 3%. Yep, cumulative. So,
0: so that's actually not a fabulous number. <laughs> no. Okay. It's the only non-fabulous number. But, but so if you're going to look at fabulous numbers... I'm looking in the S and P, Nancy and Jim. Uh, Infotech, fifty-six percent up. Telecoms, fifty-four percent. You have to explain that to me. Consumer discretionary, forty-one percent. You have to explain that to me too. With sinking real wages, is that all debt? Consumer, this consumer discretionary—that's a big, big gain. Let me look at another oh, Amazon. One here. Oh, okay. Yeah, retail retailers up 41%. The Socks Index, chips are up 65%. And here's one, Home Builders, up 72%. Really? I didn't think it was such a great year for housing. <laughs> you want me to take that? Because I got that. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Okay, happy the happy New Year. It
1: was just amazing because the, the rapidity of mortgage rates going from two and a half percent to seven percent ended up having the opposite effect what they wanted to. Instead of bringing down demand in houses, what it made is people hold on to their mortgages like grim death and choked at the supply. It was a very interesting anomaly that happened. I, I, I think it's fascinating. I do want to point out one thing that Nancy said, which I think is brilliant. And again, if you go back to 1980, when we had that stagflation situation, Paul Volcker deserves credit. Ronald Reagan and Larry Kudlow deserve credit. But one of the main things that happened too was the advent of the internet made productivity leaps and bounds starting in about the mid 80s now to Nancy's point is she saying are you saying that ai could be one of the next big uh, productivity drivers that could keep inflation somewhat lower is that what you meant nancy
2: I think it's that. It's the digitization, say that at 9 a.m. or 10 um, Mm a.m., of old economy companies. And that's been our investing theme, Jim and Larry, is that we've been investing in old economy companies that are embracing the digital revolution generative AI, cloud computing. And if you just look at the difference in terms, Walmart versus Kohl's over the last five years, Walmart's up 80 percent, Kohl's is down 57. Or McDonald's versus Wendy's. Wendy's is up 72. Uh, I'm sorry, McDonald's is up 72. Wendy's is down 24. So it doesn't have to be – your portfolio does not have to be only technology stocks, but we are overweight, the group, and we do think that the total addressable market for generative AI – which is already being monetized, is is massive and will grow. I mean, go go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, I was just going to add, that's the Kathy Wood theory. I mean, I did a panel with Kathy. I don't know, three weeks ago, something like that. The application of AI, you know, and and related quantum computing advances is going to be terrific for uh, productivity, not unlike the information revolution of the 80s and 90s. That may be at play here. I don't know which is more important: lower interest rates. I mean, Jim Urio, will interest rates keep falling?
1: Uh, I don't think on the long end they will. I think I. What I think happens is you you saw the the Treasury when they announced their refunding about six weeks ago, and everything was more centered on the short end of the, of the curve. That means to me that they're kind of scared of the demand long end of the curve. And as soon as they zap that liquidity in the short end, they have to start walking out. They walked out to seven years this week, and the, the, I'd give that auction a D-minus. So I think they, if they don't change their ways mm-hmm. and start spending like the government, then they could then uh, long-end rates could go significantly higher. That's when I think the Fed's going to step back in and start QE again, and then just the dollar goes well, so that's transferring pain from one area to another. So I, I do think the curve's going to steepen, which is funny to call it steepening, with just returning back to flat. Um, yeah, and I'm long a steepener, and I think that's what's going to happen on the long end.
0: Well, it's a pretty steeply inverted curve right now, is yeah. it not? Mm-hmm. I'm looking yeah, at the three... it's been,
1: And it's been inverted for 18 months. It's right. a long time. So to, for that to not have a recession come after that, I think would be astounding and unreasonable to think. I think there is going to be a recession.
0: Well, that's the thing. Um, everyone's very euphoric about a soft landing, Nancy. Uh, two Two stats. They're both models. One is the New York Fed inverted curve, which is predicting, I think, about a 55% recession chance, down from 65%. And the other one is the 20 straight months of falling leading economic indicators. I don't know if those models still work, but they're still out there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't don't know if we're going to get a hard, soft or no landing. I'm not making my investment decisions based on that. I think what Jim says makes a lot of sense. One stat I'll point out, and you're going to ridicule me, but, you know, the ISM numbers are still in contraction, the manufacturing numbers. But this last month, we saw the Chicago PMI broke out of a um, 14-straight-month period of contraction. So I I don't know if that's a one-off or if we are starting to see um, some strength in – because, remember, a lot of the money that has been earmarked through the infrastructure bill, the CHIPs, Bill, it, it hasn't been spent, and it's not expected to hit peak spending until 2026. So, mm. you know, we, we increased our exposure to, to the industrials in the summer, and we will continue to add as we see fit. But we've also been adding to financials, which I can't say we've done in 10 years. So <laughs> there's a lot of conflicting pieces of data out there. That, that is all I can say. So we're trying to pick great companies um, that will add value, and that, that has worked for us.
0: All right. New Year's weekend. Nancy Tangler, CEO and uh, Chief Investment Officer of Lafford Tangler. Her book is The Women's Guide to Successful Investing. Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services. His book is just everything. By the way, how are the restaurants doing? New Year's <laughs> weekend. Restaurants.
1: Changing to the, it's changing quite a bit in the restaurant business. One of my good friends in the business announced he's closing after being Ooh. in business for 18 years. a successful place. Even our foot traffic... Which has remained somewhat the same. People are making different decisions and spending less. I think we're seeing a, a big change. Our restaurant's going to be fine. We're you're at a price point that's good, but I think a lot of small family-owned restaurants are going to be going out of business in the next year and a half. I hate to be so glum, but, but that's uh, all right. like
0: Tangler, I mean. Urio, Kudlow, Happy New Year. We'll be right back with a peer into 19, into twenty twenty-four. <laughs> Stay with us. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Now, back to The Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. A New Year's look at the stock market after a much better than expected 2023. We are here with Nancy Tengler of uh, Laffer Tengler Investments, and her book is The Women's Guide to Successful Investing. And we are here with Jim Urio, director of TJM Institutional Services. Jim Urio, I know it's early. Favorite picks for 24?
1: Nancy just mentioned financials, which I I think is interesting, and uh, particularly if I think the, the curve is going to steepen like I think it is. So I like that. Now, I like, you're going to hate this, but I still like gold and Bitcoin, and particularly the latter, which my investment thesis on that is just anything that BlackRock gets into, I follow them because they're our overlords. So I still like those <laughs> things, too. And particularly, it, fall, it falls in with my thesis, too, that I do think there's going to be quantitative easing again sometime in 2024 to keep long-end rates from going that much higher. And I think it'll weaken the dollar And things like that will do well. So, you know, oil, I'm still neutral to slightly bullish on, but it needs to prove some things to me. And the world's central banks have to all kind of do the same thing and start pouring money in for oil to start to to really rally again. But I do think over the next three years, oil is the pick, just maybe not in the next six months.
0: I'm trying to figure out uh, if the inflation rate is running around three and the growth rate is running around two, why the Fed has to take aggressive easing actions, Nancy Tengler. I'm just trying to figure, unless you're, you know, very cynical and you'll say, as some have said, uh, it's a Democratic-leaning Fed and they want to juice the economy for Joe Biden. But I think, um, well, I don't want to defend the Fed, but I think that does them a disservice. I mean, 3% inflation, 2% growth, you have to ease it. Three times, six times, seven times? Really? I don't get that. Well,
2: the good news, Larry, is that they've been 100% wrong every time they've said just about anything. So (laughs) I I think I'm paying more attention. (laughs) Happy New Year. (laughs)
1: Year,
2: I'm focused more on what the market thinks. and. You know, it just blows. That's why I wrote this piece recently called Somebody Isn't Thinking. It's a portion of an old General Patton quote. But, you know, just re- replay every meeting. They they vote unanimously. Mm. Then the chairman comes out and says something. And then a bunch of governors come out and push back and say something else. So it doesn't feel like a cohesive, strategic, especially you know, focus, especially when you're using data that looks backwards. So. I don't know why he said two weeks before he said we are open to cutting or we're talking about it. I don't know why he said higher for longer. I mean, but that's been the theme of this Fed. But I agree. You're right. I don't think you need to see the Fed aggressively ease.
0: I mean, I think they're going to, you know, stocks are going to have to do it the hard way. They're going to have to grind out profits. I still think that's going to be the absolute key. Uh, These productivity advances may pan out or maybe not i don't know we'll keep a optimistic new year's keep the faith approach <laughs> nancy tengler and jim urio i'm kudlow money and politics on the other side of the break with liz peak and with steve moore we're going to talk about underrated and overrated presidents there's a fun topic i'm kudlow happy new year
2: dive into the many cools of san antonio because as soon as the temperature rises so do the many cool things to do come keep cool with amazing pools and the hottest
0: nights at the coolest spots in texas go to visit sanantonio.com slash summer